The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. get straight into my morning message this morning, which I really wanted to preach last Sunday. And this is, I'm going to wrap up today on the subject of leadership, actual fact, this morning and tonight. Tonight will be part two, because next week we get into the whole fire week, and I don't want to mix the two. Let's pray together right now. Father, I pray, let every ear be anointed to hear, let every heart be receptive, receive all that heaven has today. I pray that you would touch every single person in this pavilion today and those that are watching by way of television. Thank you, Lord, that you're raising people up, many here that have come from different places, and you're fashioning them, you're forming them, you're raising them up so they will function according to your purpose and plan for their life, for the remainder of their days. Spirit of the living God, I pray even now that you take my mouth, that you anoint my tongue, that you make it as a pen of a ready writer, that I might speak forth with clarity so that the light is switched on and suddenly your people understand heaven's purpose and heaven's plan. And I give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. If you have your bulletin, you can grab a hold of it. If you don't have a bulletin, raise your hand. The ushers will get one to you. The sermon notes are in there. Also, while the service is going on, please, if you need water and electrolytes, we have it all available for free. Tell one of the ushers you need water and they'll get it for you. I want to read from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 2, and verse, sorry, Jeremiah 5, chapter 5, and verse 31. The prophets prophesied falsely, and the priests exercised rule at their own hands and by the means of the prophets. Now, let me just say this. This is why it's very important who you surround yourself with. If you are a believer, now, of course, somebody said, well, we don't even believe in modern-day prophets. Well, we do. Are you with me? But for all those that believe in prophets, you must be careful which prophet comes and speaks. Because that prophesy, that prophet lie, will cause more problems for you. Because somebody said, well, how did you get into the problem? Well, the prophet told me to do this. We are not led by prophets, we're led by the Holy Spirit. Them that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Can you say amen? amen. It says, my people love to have it so, but what will you do when the end comes? So in other words, it is imperative, and I want you to listen carefully for every believer to inspect the leadership that you sit under. Amen. And as I'm going to give you the standard of how you do that, not by your opinion, but God's word is the roadmap. Can you say amen? amen. Jeremiah 12 and verse 10, many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They've trodden my portion underfoot. They've made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness, and they made it desolate, and being desolate, it mourneth unto me. The whole land is made desolate because no man layeth heart to it. In other words, that took place during COVID-19 when people shut down the church. Pastors made the churches a desolate wilderness because they were afraid, and they were not following the leading of the Spirit of God. Now, there is a great responsibility when it comes to leadership. First of all, because God's going to hold you responsible for what you do. Any position of leadership should be held with fear and trembling. Because ultimately you will stand before God and give an account of what you've done with God's people. I do not take this lightly for one second. 
because you know I will stand before the Lord and have to give an account of what I've done with these people. Whether I preached the whole council or whether I just preached a couple of things, whether I got his people ready for what was coming or I preached what was there to tickle the ears. That's why your ears are not going to get tickled here. If you have itching ears, you'll have to find a place that will tickle your ears, but we're not going to tickle anybody's ears. We're going to tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us God. Can you say amen? Spiritual leadership is both authority and responsibility within the body of Christ. However, some leaders have taken advantage of their position and misused the authority given to them. If the authority and leadership are mishandled, leadership can bring confusion to the work of God in the earth, which you can see, I've never seen a time when there's more confusion than right now. Basically, because leaders went AWOL, absent without leave, just disappeared. This pastor's quitting the ministry, quitting church, because they don't want the responsibility of having to get up and daily lead God's people. If you're going to lead God's people, you have to be on your face crying out to God to get the mind of God of what to do. You can't get up on Sunday morning and shoot from the hip, and you can't get up and ignore the problem. You have to confront the problem. Leaders have to confront the problems that everyone is facing. Can you say amen? And if you don't watch my news program, if you can watch it today, because I deal with a few things in there, which I won't bring up this morning. Not only is the fault of leaders, but it's also the fault of those being led. Because people gravitate to places where they can, well, I don't like that. I went there and he said this and I don't like what he said. Well, first of all, you have to find out what he said. Is it in the Bible? If it's in the Bible, then why don't you like it? Hello? Hmm? Well, I just don't like it. Well, that's your problem. When we were kids growing up, we were fed food. My mother said, eat everything. Well, I don't like it. It didn't matter what we liked. We ate it. Because mama said, eat it. Because it was good for us especially our spinach. And then they told us about Popeye, which that was fake anyway, which I ate spinach, but nothing happened to my muscles. Believers are responsible to analyze the quality of the leadership and decide whether to accept it or not. People rise and fall with their leadership. Therefore, we are responsible to judge whether that which is coming from the leaders is from God or not. Unfortunately, there are carnal people with itching ears who cannot endure sound doctrine and choose to follow people who say what they want them to say and not what they really need to hear. Any parent will know you have to bring your children in and say, okay, guys, I love you. Daddy and mommy, we love you, but listen, this is wrong. You better love you, Dad. I love you too, but this is wrong. My mother loved me, but she pounded me. Yes, my, mother, my mother pounded me and laughed while she pounded me and told me she loved me while she was pounding my heart. I didn't think that she loved me. I thought she was being mean and cruel because it felt terrible. The bottom part here, these two fluffy pillows were hurting. I thought, how can a mother who says she loves me inflict so much pain? But as she was inflicting and by the board of discipline and applied it to the seed of learning, suddenly my understanding opened up. It cleared my natural sinuses to suddenly understand Oh, yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. I didn't think it was, but I understand now. I saw the light. She had to apply it here 
on these two things you call cushions, and then the light came on here. It's amazing how that works. Now, somebody said, well, we can't do that to adults. Um, unfortunately, we can't, but we really should, but we can't. And I would be even afraid to even announce that because people would line up in order to be ministered in that way. Are you with me? But a leader must speak the word of God and God's word brings correction. We are to know or to get to know or recognize, perceive and examine the leadership over us. And you can see all the references are there, 1 Thessalonians 5, 12. We do this according to the word of God, not according to our personal opinions. Listen to me, say this after me. I leave my personal opinion out of it. So as a leader, I have to leave my personal opinion out of it. It's not what my personal opinion is, it's what God's word says that's even more important than anybody's personal opinion. Amen. You must closely, closely examine your leadership. Who are, who are they? What are they doing? And how are they doing it? A leader who operates in fear or wrong motives will be afraid to let you know what they are doing. In other words, they will never tell you what's actually going on. How many know I tell everything? My wife actually says, you tell everything. I said, well, I do. What pastor's gonna tell you that he fell asleep behind the wheel of a car? <clears throat> Which I regret now because I've had so many texts of what I should be doing so that I never fall asleep. Shut up. It's the worst thing I ever did, just announcing. How, let me ask a question. Who's ever fallen asleep behind the wheel of a car? Wave your hand at me. Okay, so <laughs> there's a likelihood that basically everybody sitting here has fallen asleep behind the wheel of a car. Who's ever become airborne? A few of you. <laughs> okay, and then the others that won't admit to becoming airborne. While one who operates in faith and love will have no fear of scrutiny. In other words, as a leader, you have to be totally open with your life, and I know there's people that we're dealing with even now in leadership, what they do is they're always trying to keep you on a back foot so that you can never get into what they're doing. So they always come around you and then as you're about to inquire, they drop certain things to have you on the defensive so they hide what they're doing. I watch these people. People think I don't know what they're doing. I know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to cover up so you can never get into what they're doing. I'm watching you, and you know who I'm talking to right now. You're not here this morning, but you know exactly who I'm talking to, and I'm coming after you. <laughs> Leaders and followers are responsible, and they blame the error cannot be blamed totally on leadership. Isaiah 24 and 2, and it shall be as with the people, so with the priest. As with the servant, so with his master. As with the maid, so with the mistress. As with the buyer, so with the seller. As with the lender, so with the borrower. As the taker of usury, so as the giver of usury to him. In other words, everybody's going to be held accountable. Say this off to me. Everyone, Everyone. will stand before God and going to be held accountable for what they do. Whether they were leading or they were following. Like if I see somebody headed to a cliff, let's say I'm a, I'm a, I'm a follower. <laughs> so my lead is going to the cliff. He's going over the cliff. Are you going? <laughs> Listen, I love you, but this is where we leave each other. Are you with me? I'm not following you over a cliff. Somebody said, yeah, but I have a parachute. Well, I don't. And I don't like bungee jumping either. All these, all those mentioned above during Israel's disobedience were to be judged by the Lord. What are we to follow? Number one, we are to follow righteousness, which is very, very important. Followers are responsible to follow what is good and right and correct. Third John and verse two, beloved, follow not, third John and verse two, beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. 
1 Corinthians 11 and verse 1. Pattern yourselves off to me, following my example, as I imitate and follow Christ the Messiah. So we follow somebody that follows the Lord. The moment they stop following the Lord, we stop following. Hello. Listen to me carefully. We only follow people as they follow Christ. Now, you're not going to hear a lot of leaders telling you this because they were afraid that people would stop following them because they're actually not following Christ. Say this after me. I must only follow a leader as long as they are following Christ. The moment they stop following Christ, I need to run fast. Second Timothy 2 and 15, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be shamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Examine the words and the deeds of the leaders. In other words, it's not just what they say, it's what they do. Because many people preach one thing but do another thing. getting very quiet now. Even in people's homes, a stillness across the house. Not even a cat or mouse is moving at this time. You are not to judge your leader's heart, but you can expect their fruit. Everybody say fruit. Inspect. You cannot make an excuse for bad fruit. Fruit is either good or it's bad. You can listen to determine if their words line up with God's word. You rise and fall with your leader and the leader must lead the right way. That's why if there's anybody here who wants to be a leader, you have to pray. And every level of leadership that you go to, you have to pray more. Some people think when you get to a certain leader, a level of leadership that you don't have to pray, it's just easy for you. It's actually the, more, the higher the level you go, the more prayer you have to do, the more on your face you have to go, the more you have to lie on your face and cry out to God because the greater the responsibility is going to be with you. Can you say amen? And that's why many people don't understand those in governmental realms. They think, oh, they can do whatever they want to, but the preachers must do this. Listen, I don't care if you're a leader. If you're leading people, you, and call yourself a Christian, then you need to adhere to what the Word of God says. And just because you're in government or you're in a leadership position outside of the church does not mean to say that you are now immune from what the Bible says to do, period. Amen? As a pastor, you have to lead by example and be the example to the flock. Second Timothy 2 and verse 6, the husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. So a pastor should lead in giving. I was talking to a pastor one time. He said, our people are stingy and our church doesn't want to give. I said, well, that's you. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? I said, if your people are stingy and they don't want to give, it's because you are stingy and you don't want to give. No, no, that's not true. I said, it's true because the people are going to be what you are. We don't have a problem at the river with stingy people who don't want to give. We have the, we have the biggest givers on the planet right here. You'll never hear me going around the world. I tell you what, I love the river, but I tell you what, they're terrible people. They're just stingy. They don't want to give. You'll never. In actual fact, I irritate every pastor because everywhere I go, I say, we have the greatest church on the face of the earth. They are the, they, they, everybody's on fire for God. They all love Jesus. They're all givers. They're sows of seed. Everyone's a soul winner. They're, on, they're radical for Jesus. And then the pastor look at me like, you're just making this stuff up. I said, no, you have to come to Tampa. You have to come see what's going on. It's the most amazing thing to see. 
And all I'm doing is bragging on you. Do you know that I brag about you everywhere I go? Hmm? And then I hear pastors saying, boy, I just hate this place. I can't wait to get out of here. Lord, have mercy. The deacons are terrible. The elders are terrible. I think it's because you're terrible. Anyway. Leadership can help you grow and advance, or they can hold you back and prevent you from fulfilling God's purpose and plan for your life. That's why if you expect yourself to be babied, when you come here, you come out of the world, we're going to go opti, we're going to do everything we can to help you. But five years after the thing, you have to start doing your, your you need to start, you know, putting your big boy pants on and your big girl, you know, whatever you need to put on and stand up and be, a, be a, a, an adult in the things of God. You can't be babying people after five and 10 years. And it doesn't take that long to mature spiritually if you're hungry for God. Somebody said they've been saved for 18 years. You're still a big baby. You need your diaper changed. You always got an attitude problem. Attitudes need to be removed. Your attitude will determine your altitude. If you want to go to the next level, you're not going to go to the next level as long as you won't deal with that attitude. Amen. Numbers 1, or Numbers 13, verses 1 to 3, the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I will give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, everyone a ruler among them. And Moses, by commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. Moses sent 12 spies, one from each tribe, into the promised land. And verse 26 of Numbers 13 says, And when they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation, the children of Israel, under the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them, and all the congregation showed them the fruit of the land, they told them, We came here under the land where you sent us, and surely it flowed with milk and honey. This is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong and that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Israel the children of Anak there, the Amalekites dwell in the south, the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than us. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched to the children of Israel, the land through which they've gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that saw it. Huh. All the people that we saw in it are men of great stature and we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which were, which were come of the giants and we were in our own right as grasshoppers, so we were in their sight. So because of the word of the leadership, it, it caused them to wander for 40 long years in the wilderness. If they had just listened to Joshua and Caleb, they would have been fine, but they didn't. They chose to believe the report of the wrong leadership who were really not moved by the word of the Lord. They were moved by fear. If you study the story of Noah, you'll see that Noah was moved by fear, but he was moved by the fear of God to build an ark for the coming of the storm. So we ought to be moved by a godly fear, not by evil fear. And you're not going to get fear here. No fear here. You'll get the warnings. You'll get what the Word says. But you're going to get faith to overcome every problem. And every single one of you can overcome every single problem that you're facing by the Word of the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? 
So because of leadership, the journey that should have taken them six days took them around the mountain for 40 years. So how many know it's very important who you follow? Very important, muy importante. So these are the important points to consider. What church do you go to, which I always ask people, what church do you go to, who's your pastor? And then I can locate them immediately. Oh, you go to that church, okay, well that explains everything. Are you with me? <laughs> Where is your leadership leading you? What direction are they giving to your life? Are you getting there quickly or is it taking eternity? It should not take you eternity to get to where you're going. Any one person here within three years from the time you come here should already be miles ahead of where you were. Because that's what happens when the Word of God is a lamp to your feet and a light to your pathway and the Holy Spirit is leading you, God will lead you. In 36 months from now, you won't even recognize yourself or your family or your children or your loved ones, period. You're not going to be wondering in the same old, same old, 10, 15 years from now, I'm still the same. I'm a river member, never budged. I haven't gone anywhere. Nothing's ever worked for me. They've talked about giving. I've given and I gave everything. I even gave my false teeth. Nothing's ever happened to me. And I'll tell you, it just doesn't work for me. I've been to healing school 47 times. I still have never even seen a miracle. I still have ingrown toenail. And I've been going for prayer to healing school. You know, so I mean, Seriously, you have to see a breakthrough. I said, you have to see a breakthrough. So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you wandering in the wilderness? Some people wander in the wilderness because of disobedience, because they don't want to obey and they don't want to listen. No matter how you instruct them, they have their own opinion above the word of God. You can't have your opinion. Well, Pastor, I know what you think. Now, it's not what I think. It's what the Word says. Are you with me? Well, I'm having a real problem with unforgiveness. So I just can't forgive. Well, you have to forgive if you're going to move on. Well, I can't forgive, and I'm not going to forgive. Do you understand me? I come to the river. I love the river. I love the joy. I just wait for the joy, but I will never forgive. I don't know what to do for you. I can't help you. So maybe I must find another church where they can accommodate your unforgiveness. Information plus revelation equals preservation. In other words, the information that you're receiving will bring about revelation in your life that will cause you to be preserved by the Lord. God will preserve you in your coming and your going. In your lying down and your rising up, the Lord will carry you. It's the word that will sustain you. And we saw that take place throughout 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. Those that have been founded upon the word, you've come out stronger than before. You are in a better place now than you were four or five years ago. Can you say amen? So the spies have brought back an evil report full of doubt and unbelief and fear caused the whole of God's people to wander in a wilderness for 40 long years. And that was never God's plan. Joshua and Caleb brought a faithful report. Numbers 13, verse 30. Then Caleb cried at the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once and take possession for we were able to do it. Caleb quieted the people, reminded them of the promises of victory and the promised land. Following the long, wrong leaders will stop you from walking in the fullness of God's promises. All of God's promises are here and amen. All of God's promises are available for you. Numbers 14, 22, because all these men 
which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and they've tempted me now ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they will not see the land which I swear to their fathers. Now neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. They won't see it. They're not going to see it. They saw God's glory and miracles, tempted him ten times, and did not obey him. Therefore, he declared that they would not see the promised land. Can you imagine the disappointment of not ever being able to see the promised land because you allow fear, doubt, and unbelief to plague your heart? That's why I determined to only get up and tell you what the Lord's telling you to do. People say, what should we do? I'm only going to tell you what the Lord tells us to do. I'm not going to make anything up. I'm not going to conjure anything up. I'm not going to suck something out of the book of imaginations. Are you with me? Somebody said, well, what's the Lord saying? I don't know right now, but I'll find out. But I also know that God does not have a knee-jerk reaction to everything that happens in Washington, D.C., because that's how a lot of leadership So what's the Lord saying in 2023? Well, the same thing he said in 2022, in 2021, in 2020. Same thing. Well, what's God doing in 2023? Same thing he did in 2020, 2021, 2022. So it's almost like people are always looking for new direction. Just stay on the path. Just be faithful and keep doing exactly what God tells you to do. Stop chopping and changing and stop looking for something else. And a, tr a true leader is consistent. He's staying with the plan. Does not change the plan every two months. Hello. Oh, no, we were going this way, but I just went to this conference and they said to do this, so we're going to do that. We change everything. Man, we did that for five months. It didn't work, but don't worry. I just came from another conference and they're doing this. We're going to take that. We're going to apply that. We do that for a year. After one year. Oh, you know, I mean, we tried that. It didn't really work. Uh, I just come from another conference and we're going to do this. There's some places that are totally schizophrenic. Nobody knows what to believe. They're always changing what they believe. If you've been around this ministry any length of time, you know the ministry. The message is the same. The same what we're preaching now is what we preached back at the turn of the century. <laughs> that sounds crazy. The same message we preach at the turn of the century is what we're preaching right now. The same message that we preached back in the early 90s is the same message. And this message I'm preaching to you, I preached in 2000, I mean, in 1985. This message is a message from 1985. So watch out for the person reaching for authority. Those that always want to, I need to have more authority. You need to give me a position. Watch out for people that are looking for authority. The way up is the way down. Somebody said, how does a person come to place a leadership? Basically a servant heart. God exalts the humble. He does not exalt the arrogant. When it comes to ministry, there's nothing that anybody here in this ministry is doing that I haven't done. From cleaning toilets, scrubbing toilet bowls, packing chairs, working sound, duplicating cassette tapes, but we don't do that anymore. Every single thing had to do it. And guess what? If I had to do it all over again, I'd do it again. There's still days where I go back into serving mode. He'll tell you. People come around here. I, you'd think I was their personal assistant. I take care of them. I look after them. And they even say, you shouldn't be doing this. I said, why? Well, you, I mean, you, you're a leader. I said, I can serve. Yeah, but you're so busy. I said, yeah, but I'm busy serving you. Right now, is there a problem with that? They get embarrassed because suddenly I can preach and then I just serve, I just help. 
What can I get you? Can I, would you like something to eat? I'll get you some food. You want something to eat? No, no, well, don't do that. I'll eat if you eat it. No, I'm going to feed you. Yeah, but only if you eat it. Do I look like I need food? <laughs> you actually look like you need food. Let me get you some food. I'll get you something to drink. I'll only drink if you're drinking. So now I have to eat the pie because they, they won't eat the pie until I eat the pie. Except they can actually eat the pie. I shouldn't eat the pie. You know what I'm saying? But you take one for the team. <laughs> at, least, at least that's my excuse, you know. <laughs> but the scale doesn't tell you. You served. The scale, when you get on the scale in the morning, it goes, you served. You're so humble. You ate that cake. Why don't they make scales that actually compliment you? What, you should have a scale that you get on the thing cheers. Great job this week. Your weight has not gone up one pound. You've lost a half a pound this week. The scale is like totally indifferent, doesn't care. <laughs> Philippians 2 and verse 19 says, but trust in the Lord Jesus to send, I trust in the Lord to send, I trust in the Lord Jesus sent Timotheus shortly to you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state, for I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. So this is Paul talking about, I'm sending Timothy because I've got nobody that's like-minded to care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. So that's why it's very important around the river, we watch people come with many ulterior motives. And they come, and especially the last three and a half years. And I'm very frank now, you know, in the early days, my wife, my wife says to me, hey, calm down. I said, no, I don't have time to calm down. I immediately, where are you from? What church do you go to? Why are you here? And what do you want? What do you want from me? Well, a lot of them want to have access to you. Are you with me? Because they see you as a cash cow. I said, no, you can't have access to the congregation. Yeah, but you've got a lot of people. I said, I understand, but I'm gonna protect my people. Yeah, but I've got this over here. Yeah, but I looked at it, it's fake. And you're not getting that to my people. So I'm just like pretty frank right now. Are you with me? Come on now. Because they come with ulterior motives. And it's my responsibility to protect the flock of God. To make sure, the Bible says, know them that labor among you. They always show up. And if anything's gonna pop, it always before a major conference. My phone will start buzzing with people that never talk to me. Suddenly before conference, there's a text come through. I go, what, what have I to do with you? They never come around the meetings. You know, I'm a relationship person. The people that minister here, we have a relationship with them. You'll never see me bringing in ministers here that just want to come in and go. Never. We have so many ministers sitting here right now that it would be wrong for me to put a guest speaker up here who's just coming in to speak. I don't care if they're nationally known minister. I don't care what they have. We're only going to bring the people in here that are going to be a benefit to you whose hearts are right. Can you say Amen. We're not doing it. We're not looking for who's who in the charismatic zoo. And some, there are some leaders that are only waiting to be invited to speak, but they will never come around the river to get touched by the power of God. So they only want to come and be on the platform to speak. So they'll call me, if I can ever be a help to you. Um, what help? Well, if you need me to speak, why would I ask you to speak? Well, I have a lot of information. I don't need your information because you haven't even received the revelation. 
Are you with me? You might have information, but without the revelation, the information is going to take you nowhere. Nowhere. Follow the leader who is submitted to God, who points you towards Jesus Christ, and who works to serve and build the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Is this good that I talk about these things? Huh? Leadership is not just, well, I'm the leader, so you'll do exactly what I tell you to do. Especially when it ends up violating your conscience. Because that's the higher authority. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to the first in the series that I did. No leader that's serving God would tell you to violate your conscience to where you can't even sleep at night. In order for a leader to tell you to violate your conscience would mean that they would have violated their conscience. Somebody said, well, how do you know if I'm violating my conscience because God will speak to you? It'll be the first thing you wake up with and the last thing that's in your mind before you go to sleep. And it'll be like with that every day, and God will start speaking to you, and you're going to have to make the correction. And you can block your ears. You can play music loud. You can put the TV on. You can bring people around, make noise, so you don't hear God speaking. Inside, people know I'm going wrong but I'm just going to do it anyway because I want to do it. You know that the leadership has problems when they're always trying to come with some exclusive revelation that nobody else has. I'm about to bring you revelation that in 2,000 years of church history, no other living individual has ever received this insight other than me. <laughs> what? There's nothing new under the sun. No, no. I have a fresh word from heaven. This is fresh revelation. Actual fact, I'm writing a book. It will be included right after the book of Ephesians, Galatians, Colossians, and my book will come out right in level with that. Now, you, you look at me and say, Pastor, they're not people like that. There are people just like that today. And that's not, somebody said, was a Pentecostal charismatic world. No, even amongst the Baptist world, amongst the Reformed world, there's people that worship John Calvin. They have a statue to John Calvin in their home. They will kill you over their Calvinist theology. They're cults. You can't even talk to them about anything. So, well, because we believe in healing and miracles, they call us a cult. They believe in healing and miracles. No, we believe the Bible. How many have ever been healed here at one time? Okay, so basically all of you are liars, <laughs> according to their cult. How many have ever heard the Lord speak to you? According to them, you're all deceived. Are you with me? 
How many of you here speak in other tongues? According to them, you're all deceived. This is, this is what we're up against in America today. And then, if you believe in prosperity, then, ooh, you're just terrible. Meanwhile, they all live in million-dollar mansions. They have all the money that anybody can buy. They're always fundraising for something, but we can't teach just simple basic truths on tithing, giving, sowing of seed, and let that be the foundation of people's lives, because then we some kind of uh, whatever. But it's in the Bible. The Word of God is full of it. Amen? We're not pulling random scriptures out. Let me suck a random scripture out and base my whole theology on it. We don't do that. From Genesis to Revelation. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So a leader can feel safe and secure founded on the word. Amen. Somebody said, Pastor, how do you know you're safe and secure? As long as I'm founded on the word. So when there's a problem, what does the Word say? When there's a situation, what does God's Word say? That's where we have to go all the time. The Word is the plumb line. The Word word of God is the architect to structure your life by. His Word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your pathway. No, we're not going to be led by the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. We're led by God's Word, and we live by His Spirit, and we live by the promptings and leadings of the Holy Spirit, and we follow the leader only as they follow Christ. Very important. Can you say amen? The same goes for governmental leaders, I don't care who they are in government. They come in here and they're doing everything contrary to the scripture. I ain't following nothing. Sorry. You fail. (laughs) Business leaders, I don't care how good your business is. You could be making billions of dollars. If you're making business and billions of dollars over big pharma, you think I'm going to be happy with you? Huh? I spoke to a billionaire who flew in here in his own Boeing business jet, and we sat at the table. He had hospitals in countries. And I said, so what medicine are you feeding the people? I said, are you giving them all the medicine from Big Pharma? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, we give them all the medicine. I said, and you make billions of dollars. How do you sleep at night? And then you come here and want to talk to me about kingdom. How do you sleep at night? You make your money off your, your ill-gotten gains is made off of the death of many people. And I must get excited about what you're doing. They hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. You hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more. How many heard me tell the story of a huge business opportunity that came during COVID? A lady called me out of Sweden. She said, listen, I have three 777s loaded with vaccines and masks. They're going to Africa. If you can just put up a couple of hundred thousand, she said, you'll make like $5 million per jet. I choked on the phone. (coughs) She said, what's wrong? I said, I'm gagging. She said, what? Um, I said, I'm just gagging over all the masks and the vaccines. I said, why would you even call me? I said, you've great. She said, I know you're busy with the kingdom business. I said, that's not the kingdom. I'm not doing that. I said, you want me to pump vaccines and masks into my African brothers and sisters and make millions of dollars? I won't even be able to sleep at night. Thank you, but don't even call me again. I'm not interested. I thought you need money for the kingdom. Yeah, but not that money. We don't want your money. Amen. Thank you. I didn't mean to take your boss towel. Somebody needs to get you a bigger towel. It's too small a towel for you. 
This doesn't cover anything, brother. You need to get yourself a bigger towel. A leader does not fudge the lines. A leader doesn't come into gray areas and try to make it work. See the white or black. A leader stays out of gray areas. A leader will not compromise. Even if it's to their own hurt, they will not compromise. They will not back down. A leader will never sell out the people they're leading. Never. A leader will always protect the people. A leader will always cover the people. Now tonight, I'm going to wrap this up with part two of this, which is number five, number six. But this is in two parts. I don't have time to do it all here today. How many are glad that we talk about these things? But you're going to have to know, listen, you're going to have to know who you're following in this final hour. We are so close to the return of the king. And there's so much deception that is out there coming from every side. And even the manipulation and twisting of the scripture. God's word does not need to be twisted or manipulated. It's just plain. You put it out. It's like a plate of food. There's your meat, there's your vegetables, you eat it. God's word is just plain. You don't need to mix anything with it. You don't have to add to it. You don't have to take away from it. His word is his will, is his way, is his plan, is his purpose. It's solid. It's a firm foundation. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. His word is our nourishment. His word is our sustenance. His word will preserve us. His word will carry us. Let every man be a liar, but let God's word be true. And God watches over his word to perform it. And God will carry you and he will carry you from now until the time that Jesus comes to take you home. And on that day, you will hear these words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So say this after me. I'll only follow the leader as they follow Christ. The moment they divert, I'm out of here. Hallelujah. Can you believe it's raining right now? There was, no, there was no even call for rain today in this rain. Even the weathermen, you can't even follow the weather person today. You can't believe anything they say. I want everybody to bow your heads. Several things are going to happen here. I want to give the call first. And then after that, we will receive the morning tithes and offerings. And then we'll go into communion together. And that tonight I'm going to bring the final part in this series on leadership. How many have found this beneficial to you? Now, let me just say this while it's about and eyes are closed. To all those in leadership, hold yourself accountable. 
hold yourself accountable. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you are here today and you fit into any one of these categories or you that are watching by way of television, you've tuned in today, maybe you've never heard a pastor talk about these things before, but this is the full counsel of God today. One of the most important things that I can say to you today is whose family are you a part of? because today I'm going to give you an opportunity to be part of the family of God. Ultimately, it does not matter what church you belong to. Obviously, it matters what leader you follow, but it matters what family you're in. And I'm talking to those that don't know Jesus. Maybe you're here today, you're watching my way of television, and you've never given your life to Jesus. You personally have never said, Jesus, I come to you and I'm giving you my heart. I want to ask you a question today. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth? If you went home tonight and put your head on your pillow and you never woke up, where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. The decisions you make right now will determine where you spend eternity. You cannot buy eternal life. You cannot earn eternal life. You have to humbly receive eternal life. You have to lay your life down and pick up his life because he laid down his life for you. And all you have to do is say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart and surrender your life today, which I'm going to give you that opportunity to do just that. Secondly, maybe you've come under this pavilion or you're watching by way of television and you say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord in days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. I've allowed the things of the world to come in. I've lost my first love. I've lost that peace, that joy that I once had. But today I'm coming back. I'm going to fall in love with Jesus all over again. I'm going to make whatever adjustment I need to make to say, yes, Lord. Will you let the Lord do that for you today? He said, I will take out the stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. Maybe there's something hidden that no one can see. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust. Hidden things that clog the heart of man. Maybe there's something outward that everyone can see whether it's hidden or outward, God wants to remove that. And he wants to give you new life if you surrender to him and say, yes, Lord. He loves you. He loves you so much. On the 17th day of March, 2020, when the fire came in my room, the Lord said to me, I'm purifying my bride. I'm separating the wheat from the tares, the profane from what's holy, and the false from what's real. Because he said, my church is not ready for my coming, but I love them so much, I'm going to get them ready for my coming. He loves you so much that he wants you ready for his coming. Because it's not long now, and he's going to split the eastern sky. It's not long now, and he's coming back to take his people home. And you want to be ready for that. Maybe you hear under the sound of my voice and you say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord, but storms came against my life like a hurricane from hell, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked my world, but today I want to come back. Today I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Will you surrender your life afresh? And then lastly, maybe you've come here, you say, Pastor, I love the Lord. That's not even a question. But the devil's always lying to me, and I don't have the assurance of my salvation. The devil's always lying to me, telling me that I'm not saved, but I want to know. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm a child of God. If this is you, right where you are, I want to pray with you and for you. So right now, across this wonderful pavilion, 
and you in your homes quickly. If this is you, I want to pray for you. I want you to put your hands up right now. Say, pray for me. Thank you, 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 thank you. Just raise them high all across the field. Another hand over there. Just slip it up high and say, yes. Yes, pastor, that's me. That's me. I'm not leaving this place the same way I came. Today is my day of freedom and liberty. Once you've raised it, you may put it down. I want you to look at me, please. Over on this side here, if you didn't raise your hand, but you want to be included, which we would call the west side of the pavilion, on the west side of the pavilion. If you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included, quickly slip your hand up and say, include me. And say, yes, that's me. Don't, don't forget me. Include me in the prayer. Anybody else? Just slip it up high. Wave your hand at me. I see your hand there. Another hand there. Anybody else? Another hand over there. Anybody else? Thank you. I was five years old when I first raised my hand. Here in the middle region, you did not raise your hand, but want to be included in the prayer. Quickly slip your hand up. Thank you. See your hands. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. And yeah, on the east side of the pavilion, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Slip that hand up right now. Say, include me. Anyone else? I want every person that raised your hand to stand all across this field. Quickly stand. I want you to come from where you are. Come stand right here. We're going to pray together. Come. Come. To follow Jesus. I have decided. I have decided. To follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me. behind me the cross before me the world behind me No turning back. This is so awesome today. Wonderful Jesus. Look at this, look at this, still coming.
Thank you, Lord. I want you to look at me right now. We're going to pray one simple prayer. One prayer fits all. If you've been busy with God, God means busy with you. And over the years, we've had the privilege of praying with many, many multitudes of people in 88 countries of the world, 43 years. So I know how holy this moment is. I've met people all around the world that tell me I was so many years, I was eight years old, I was 10 years old, I was 32, I was 40, I was 50, I was 70. When you first prayed with me, and now they tell me what God's doing with my life. So I know that when you healed your life to Him and God takes control of your life, things change. But the change first takes place inside. Maybe nothing changes on the outside, but first happens on the inside, and then God begins to work through you and through your life to bring about total transformation. So we're going to pray right now. I want you to just close your eyes, bow your heads, raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. And pray this prayer together with me. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus, is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me, change me, fill me, use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now, just lift both hands and just begin to thank him. Let me pray over you, Father. I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day when we stand before you, let not one be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray. I break every bondage, every addiction, every attack, every curse, witchcraft against them. I break those curses off and send them back to the point of origin. From this day, we set them free by the power of the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for this now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.